0: Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring you insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hello everyone, I'm Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering the American Jobs Plan, how the Biden administration's new infrastructure package addresses insurers' concerns about resiliency. Plus, it's Distracted Driving Awareness Month, The surprising new data about roadway deaths, despite the decrease in traffic in 2020. And insurance philanthropy. Pennsylvania Lumberman CEO John Smith shares why charitable giving is so important to him and to the insurance industry. But first, in Washington, the Biden administration has unveiled the first part of its infrastructure spending package called the American Jobs Plan. It's a wide-ranging $2.2 trillion proposal that includes funding for resilient homes and infrastructure. While questions remain regarding how the plan will be paid for, the plan, as announced, would invest hundreds of billions in strengthening infrastructure against extreme weather and on improving community resilience across the country, with an emphasis on public housing. The infrastructure legislative package is expected to dominate the congressional debate over the next few months. The second portion of the package will be unveiled later in April, with an emphasis then on human infrastructure programs. NAMIC will continue its work to focus policies on effective and efficient resiliency solutions and avoid undue burdens being placed on insurers as a means of covering the costs of the legislation. The National Safety Council is also calling on President Biden and on Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to make some infrastructure changes during this Distracted Driving Awareness Month. While traffic has decreased significantly since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, our roads have only gotten more dangerous. The National Safety Council says more than 700 people are still injured in distracted driving crashes on a typical day. And the NSC estimates motor vehicle deaths in 2020 to be the highest in 13 years, despite the dramatic drop in miles driven. In fact, the increase in the rate of death is the highest estimated year-over-year jump that NSC has calculated in 96 years, since 1924. The NSC is calling on the Biden administration to implement some immediate life-saving measures that would lower the fatal roadway crash rate. The Illinois legislature has sent a second pre-judgment interest bill to Governor Pritzker's desk. The bill is follow-up legislation in response to the governor vetoing the previous HB 3360. The legislation would require a defendant to pay pre-judgment interest in a lawsuit or arbitration claim arising out of personal injury. Interest is charged despite delays that might have nothing to do with the defendant, which encourage delays to drive up potential recovery. NAMIC opposes SB 72 and will continue to work with the governor's office to request a veto similar to the efforts on the previous bill. The governor has until May 31st to act on the bill. The NAMIC Severe Weather Summit gave its quarterly update last week and provided a look ahead to the severe convective storm season. It's an increasing concern to the insurance industry, especially after such an impactful winter. Guy Carpenter Research Meteorologist Dr. James Waller says while it's not intuitive to think that what's going on in the Pacific will influence weather in the United States, everything is connected.
1: So what should we expect for implications for severe weather? Well, thinking about tornado, there's some research that was completed by John Allen back in 2015 with some other of his friends at Columbia University To indicate during La Nina periods, we tend to see an escalation in spring tornado activity with a peak in the Southern Plains and the lower Mississippi Valley. So we see an increase in in tornado frequency, and an increase in the tornado hazard during La Nina seasons for the March to May period, according to this research. And also really from the Southern Plains up into the Mid-Atlantic. Does that show up as well for hail? Well, that's a good question. The answer is yes, and maybe more so. You've got uh, easily three standard deviations escalating uh, of escalation is severe hail activity across the southern plains and across the central Mississippi Valley, and again, along an axis from the southern plains up into the northeast. So is La Nina associated with elevated severe convective activity? The answer is yes, and it really depends on the local geography. And uh, this is something that uh, that it will be important to keep an eye on as we progress through through the spring months, uh, the severe weather activity that we saw over the recent two weeks will regrettably not be going away.
0: For more on this deep dive into possible effects of La Nina this season, you can check out Dr. Waller's complete presentation on demand at NAMIC.org. Well, over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, NAMIC members and others in property casualty insurance have come together and given more than $14 billion in relief to help customers and communities in their time of need. In fact, we've shared many of those NAMIC member stories on our own COVID-19 resource page at NAMIC.org. But on today's Unscripted, we want to highlight one particular story of insurer philanthropy that set world records. Our Chuck Chamniss talks with Pennsylvania Lumberman's Mutual President and CEO John Smith about why the mission to help others is personal.
2: Insurers have always been known for stepping up to help their policyholders and communities in time of need. It's really what insurance is for. But we also know with our member companies, commitment to helping others goes way beyond insurance policies. Today, my guest is John Smith, President and CEO of Pennsylvania Lumberman's Mutual. But we're going to talk about insurance philanthropy and about why being charitable is so important to John's company and, of course, to John. Thanks for joining me today, John. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, certainly we're going to focus on insurance philanthropy. You came to mind first. Uh, we'll get kind of an overview of what all you've done, but it's, uh, it's a tremendous record around so many aspects of our industry. But let's talk about kind of what's still hopefully at the end now. But this pandemic it affected everybody in unforeseen ways. You know, we know that our industry gave uh, 14 billion dollars in relief to help customers, uh, plus you know tens of millions, hundreds of millions in charitable donations to uh, go above and beyond and help their community. So maybe I could just start with uh, asking you about some of the ways that uh, Pennsylvania Lumbermans engage with your community to
3: help others during this pandemic? Well, Chuck, you know, we've always um, uh, thought of uh, philanthropy and on, on a, a multi-leg stool, if you will. Uh, one of those legs was uh, United Way. Uh, we are a very, very uh, well organized uh, in pursuit of uh, uh, fundraising for the United Way, both in southeastern Philadelphia, but also in Indianapolis where we have a, a, a group of folks. And for that matter, throughout the country, we... Uh, we reroute all of our uh, charitable giving we raise the uh, United Way to the various United Way uh, operations throughout the country. We also allow our employees to self-direct uh, within that uh, uh, that program so that they have a local charity that they like to direct money to. Uh, they can do that through our United Way. We match those contributions on a dollar and a quarter to a dollar basis uh, and send that money right back down to that local charity that they want. Uh, to give you some kind of idea, there, 98% of our employees uh, uh, give the United Way. We have one person that uh, does not, uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 a big part of our program. When COVID uh, kicked in, uh, we, uh, uh, we we uh, launched our program in spite of it, uh, and I had a little bit of concern uh, that uh, we would be less than successful because of COVID. And our employees uh, reacted. Uh, 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 better than uh, they ever have before. Uh, further, uh, as we sent people home, we, uh, we reminded them to take care of themselves, take care of their families, as well as uh, to worry about Pennsylvania lumbermen as their employer. And uh, But we encouraged them to um, t- to look out there and to be active in the community however they thought it would be appropriate uh, because of the time they were going to save from a uh, commutation standpoint uh, and uh, we had um, uh, some people, uh, you know, do uh, do that and do that well. And that was difficult because of the fact that uh, um, COVID, uh, you know, kept people at home. So we had some people outreaching uh, uh, to seniors in their community uh, to uh, just establish contact with them. And we had some people who uh, worked with some seniors to uh, uh, set up uh, uh, Zoom and video for them so they could uh, uh, talk to their loved ones Uh Face to face, if you will. Um, so it's it's a um, um, it's been a creative year as we've uh, gone about uh, identifying charities and identifying things that we could do uh, to uh, keep people going. Uh, we, like many other companies, did the high school and college graduation thing, and quite frankly, uh, you know, recognizing those folks that were were, were graduating in a difficult time for them and. Uh, that's something that will continue on. We'll do that again uh, uh, this uh, spring and probably continue uh, doing that going forward. Uh, so it's um, uh, it's been uh, somewhat uh, uh, enjoyable, uh, and I admire the uh, effort our employees put into it. So, Yeah, sounds like you've uh, been very adaptable
2: as well, since a lot of these things were not circumstances any of us had uh, contemplated
3: going into this year. No, you know, and I One think thing it's, we, it's, it's interesting uh, that uh, we reached out to uh, the uh, various charities that we've supported outside of uh, United Way, a number of different museums, uh, for instance, and uh, uh, Accelerated our giving into those uh, operations and in some cases actually increased it to help them get over the hump, and uh, uh, that that received uh, great feedback. And, of course, they responded in, uh, uh, as they got more into the fact that uh, they were going to be closed longer, a lot of these folks started doing video uh, tours. and uh, So we've started to make that available to our employees in, in family night, if you will. So, for instance, next week we're going to do a, a family tour of the American Museum of the American Revolution, at the, uh, which we were supporters of. So it, it's really been hand-in-hand uh, with those charities coming back to us. So.
2: Cool. Well... Of course, we're in the season of St. Baldrick's, and uh, I have to bring this up next because uh, as I would say it caused near and dear to my heart. Our son Joey uh, is a cancer survivor, uh, diagnosed today. Jade is now 24, and uh, so we're very grateful for that. But your work on St. Baldrick's has been really second to none, including uh, back in 2016, I think, you and Julie um, Brave the Shave raised over $100,000, our largest fundraising, I think, to date, and a tremendous, I mean, you were, like, number one in the world for the St. Baldrick's uh, fundraisers that year. So maybe you could, and I know you've got your own story about this, as so many do that are, you know, truly committed, but uh, maybe you could give us a sense of your motivation for
3: supporting St. Baldrick's. Sure. As um, as you're well aware, uh, I have uh, four children. Two of them are uh, boys and two of them are girls. And uh, uh, the boys, uh, you know, uh, uh, and I've seen this and talked to other folks, uh, as the boys grow up, um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you'll have a friend show up uh, at your table. And, uh, uh, you know, my younger son, Patrick, uh, had a young guy who uh, started eating with us. and I wondered if the kid was ever going home. Uh, His name was Tyshawn McKellar. and uh, uh, Taishan was almost became part of the family. Uh, went on trips with us, and uh, you know, did different things with us. Uh, was active uh, uh, with the family in general. Uh, came from a, a tough environment, um, uh, and then one day uh, he was diagnosed with uh, uh, cancer. Uh, and uh, in the end, Taishan lost his battle to uh, cancer uh, at, uh, before his 14th birthday. Uh, and it had a, it had an impact on us as a family. Um, my wife was heavily involved with Tyshawn's grandmother and taking back and forth the treatments and uh, being there for him and uh, uh, really uh, developed a very tight relationship uh, with him and of course Patrick had a great relationship with him and that spurred us uh, forward. Um, I, I came to realize that uh, Giving uh, uh, to a charity like St. Baldrick's uh, was an easy thing to do. And I came to understand that uh, uh, childhood cancer, cancer is devastating, whether it's childhood cancer or not, but there's just some aspect of it that I think it makes it uh, so much more difficult to deal with. Um, And I realized that uh, um, if I could have written a check to make the cancer in uh, Tyshawn go away, the size of that check would probably be pretty much unlimited, uh, and you know uh, I, I realized that there was a cause there, and uh, that's the story that I have. That uh, I went into uh, supporting other people, uh, getting their head shaved. Uh, did that uh, with uh, Mike Yeager from uh, Lehigh Mutual was the first one, and. We, uh, we raised, I think, uh, $30,000 in one night on Mike's uh, uh, long hair, and uh, that sort of ignited me. And, uh, you know, uh, after that, it was uh, my own head, my wife's head, and, uh, uh, you know, we've gone on from there to support a number of other folks uh, where I've run the, the fundraising forum, uh, including the Gibbles, uh, and, uh, uh, which, you know, raised a record number of dollars for, uh, on their heads. Um but it's all because of the experience I had, uh, and I was very recently uh, 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 very pleased to find out that uh, the St. Patrick's Board has uh, extended me an offer to uh, sit on the, the Board of Directors, and I've accepted that, and um, I, uh, I look forward to continuing the tradition uh, that we've created within the insurance industry. But you know, Pennsylvania Lumberman's is uh, the largest underwriter of wood-related business in America, and uh uh, we're about ready to uh, uh, put together a plan to go after uh, the uh, building material dealers uh, uh, in the United States, as well as the light wood manufacturers and the heavy wood manufacturers. Which, are very similar to uh, mutual insurance companies, uh, uh, tight family environments, uh, uh, good local businesses, and uh, I think they'll be very receptive to it. So. Um, it's a um, it's a great charity, um, and like I said, I think there's something about childhood cancer that uh, that moves us all. Uh, and uh, I, I think about the fact that uh, young Tyshawn never went uh, to high school, never went on his first date, never went to the prom, never got his driver's license, and uh, that's yeah. difficult for for me to accept. So.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, first, congratulations on the St. Paul's board seat. I. Had, uh, heard that might be in the uh, works, and I'm glad that you have accepted it. Uh, You'll be an incredible director and leader for St. Paul Ricks, as you already have been. And I just note that uh, you're right, at CO Roundtables, I always lead it off, and uh, so our members listening will recall that then we hand the mic to you, and John, Big John gets up and starts to talk, and you have the most compelling ask, which is, as you go through the impact of childhood cancer, then... The question is, how much would you pay today to not get that news that your child has cancer? And I think that's kind of what you were just talking about with Tyshawn. And uh, it's it's real and it's compelling and it helps drive a lot of fundraising. that goes for a lot of pediatric cancer research, which is helping, uh, helping uh, in slow and hard to discern ways, but real ways as uh, St. Paul's research uh, results come in.
3: So, you know, looking you at know Chuck, the, the most difficult thing I've ever had to do uh, in my life, uh, uh, besides tell my mother and father that my brother had passed away, um, was to look at my wife, Julie, who many people within the dynamic community know, and tell her that uh, uh, Taishan uh, was not going to survive his cancer. Uh, clearly the most difficult thing in the world,
0: and I can only imagine
3: how much more difficult Grandfather to uh, uh, have to tell a grandmother, or a father, or a wife, or a wife, or a husband uh, uh, that that was going to happen, and uh, it's a, it's it's a very very difficult thing. And uh,
2: anyway, well, thank you for uh, joining St. Baldrick's in a new way, uh, on top of all the other important old ways to uh, help make that uh, less prevalent going forward. So we've got only a little more time, but I do want to get to the other uh, kind of major event that you've been, again, instrumental in and uh, continue to play a, a major role in, and that's the NAMIC Mutual Insurance Foundation. Uh, we started the scholarship program years ago, but really only formalized it as a foundation, a 501c3 foundation, which really helps our member companies uh, you know, be able to contribute and individuals. So we're now two or three years into uh, the foundation. Uh, you're serving as chair of the Scholarship Selection Committee. I know we're right in the heart of fundraising. We've got an aggressive goal of, I think, $150,000 this year. Last year, we funded 30, 33 scholarships. And I know right now, I'm told, you have uh, like a hundred applicants that uh, have come in and you'll be um, you know, working on selecting which of those uh, receive the foundation scholarships. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that cause, and you know, why as an industry we care about it, and and kind of what your role is with the foundation. Sure,
3: um, you know, Chuck, I, I, like, like many uh, many in the insurance business, uh, it's been very good to me. Uh, I, uh, I've had a, a great career. Um, Uh, And uh, it's uh, created a great life for my family. Uh, But the reality is uh, a lot of us are closer to retirement than we'd like to be. And uh, uh, we're going to retire and we have to be replaced. And we have to be replaced with uh, 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 young talent, if you ask me. That uh, We have to do our our job as an industry in recruiting and bringing on board. I also happen to serve as the uh, chair of uh, Gamayota Sigma. about uh, how to make a more permanent uh, contribution there on a multi-year basis um, because we we understand that we need to recruit the best and brightest uh, to come into our industry. And it's not easy to recruit people to uh, the insurance business. I uh, I understand that, but uh, this is a way to do it. Uh, So we do have an internship program, and we do rely on uh, risk management uh, uh, majors to uh, staff that uh, internship program. Um, and we do uh, uh, encourage them to apply uh, to, for the NAMIC scholarships. Um, and we're very excited about the fact that uh, we've now had uh, uh, one of our first uh, uh, interns uh, move into the management ranks and leading our marketing department is getting active in uh, uh, NAMIC. And uh, we are uh, also in a position now where we've got second and third year uh, uh, interns that we are uh, Uh, before their senior year, uh, offering them full-time employment at PLM upon their graduation. And it's because uh, folks have put up dollars to create uh, scholarships to support uh, these needs that are out there. um, We're also active in an organization organization called Crystal Ray, which is a um, uh, a high school program, uh, 46 Crystal Ray high schools uh, throughout the country, and we have young uh, 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 students uh, at the high school level in our office every day. Um, During COVID, we uh, actually extended those students' uh, employment to keep them uh, gainfully employed uh, when they were out of class, and and that worked very well for us. And our goal there is to get them into risk management programs and and move them forward. Uh, So there's this tremendous need in the industry, and uh, I think the industry has to do a, a better job Supporting scholarships, um, and a great way to do it is by contributing to a, a NAMIC uh, scholarship fund. In my mind, you know, it, it is a good goal of $150,000, but if you think about the type of companies that are members of NAMIC, we should be able to soar past that goal easily, and we should be able to award the numbers of scholarships that uh, 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 we need to, to help uh, uh, overcome the shortage of talented people entering our industry. Totally agree. And
2: uh, I just note, uh, really out of time, but uh, the Providence Crystal Ray School here, uh, I'm familiar with. A friend of mine works there, and I know several of the kids that uh, you know are students there and how their program works. That is worth a look. Uh, for any of our listeners, we're looking for a good local partner uh, where they can really make a difference uh, with kids. It might be their first work experience, certainly in an office. Uh, that's something that uh, you should, uh, members should do some more research on if one of those 46 schools is in their area. So, John, thank you. Thank you first for your um, charitable ways and incredible effectiveness as a fundraiser. We've only scratched the surface of some of the other things. I know you've done at NAMIC and around our industry and with your company and in your community to be uh, charitable and to really make a difference in your community and, and certainly in our industry and with families like ours that have a cancer survivor in them that depend on the the research that you've helped fund through St. Paul Tricks. So thank you, John, for everything you do. Thank you, Chuck. It was great talking
0: to you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back on April 21st with more insurance news and interviews. If you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, don't hesitate to let us know. Remember, you can always send us an email at uncovered@namic.org. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a wonderful day.